we're back once again with episode seven. Did I say that right? Are we episode seven? Oh, are we? I had it up on my Yeah, episode MVP. seven. So we're at the halfway. We're now in the second half of season one of Masters of Horror. On Good this episode, we, uh, we go to a master of horror named John Landis. Yeah, it's called, it's, it's Dear Woman. It's Dear Woman. Is what it is. Um, I had not seen this one before. This was one that I just didn't watch um, since. Nor had I. Yeah, um, had decided I really never needed to, but obviously this changed plans. It has a 6.4 rating in IMDb, I'll have you know. Well, I'm going to rate it real low right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Gotta rate that. Yeah, yeah. Help, help bring that down. I'm gonna do that too. Uh, this is was this the debut writing credit of Max yep. Landis? Oh God, yep. I just threw up in my mouth. Um, so let's start with John. So written by, I think primarily written by Max Landis, John Landis's rapist son. Um, directed by uh, convicted or should have been convicted manslaughterer John Landis. Uh, so I'm glad we're on the same page with this. Oh yeah, let's start with. <laughs> Because I was worried I was going to have to pull back a little no, bit. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I think John Landis made some of the best comedies of all time. I mean, I coming to America, I will still watch. It still makes me happy. I I mean, I, th- I often call that the universal, like, when you don't know what to, when you're in a situation with people you've never met before, just, and you feel uncomfortable, just start quoting come to, Coming to America. I guarantee somebody in that group is going to start being like, yeah, oh, and like, you're, you're good. Um... Blues Brothers, one of the greatest musicals of all time. John Landis made some really great films. John Landis is also a pretty horrible human being for many yeah. reasons, as far as I've read. Yep. Um, I, 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 yes, I concur. Yeah. I mean, first being, yes, he was very much, I mean, not entirely, but incredibly bulk of responsible for the death of Vic Morrow and two children while filming the Twilight Zone, which isn't even a good segment of that movie. Correct. <sighs> um, and has since then, like, I, I remember um, the documentary, it wasn't Not Quite Hollywood, it was the one that they did about the Philippines. That was about, I can't remember the name of it. Do you remember it? No, I don't think I've seen that oh. one. I've seen Not Quite Hollywood. So but this was seen... essentially, I don't know if it was the same, I think it was the same team. It was like a sequel and it was about filming 80s action movies in the Philippines and okay. surrounding area. And he's a talking head there. And there's a great moment where he t- where um, he says, you know, it, it's, you know, it's great. You film in the Philippines where life is cheap. And you're just like, dude, do- <sighs> self-awareness? Uh, no. And it just speaks so much to... The whole John Landis was somebody who um, got successful very young it, it, because of his talent, because of his work. He, again, I I'm not saying he's a bad director. I think he's made some great films, but his sense of entitlement and all of that you you I've seen it in every interview I've ever seen with him. He seems so fucking smug, and therefore not too surprising that his son seems like an even worse human being by many, 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 many accounts. Yes. I mean, you are you are a murderer who raised a rapist. So, yeah. I mean, I know all I need to know about you. Yes. Um, yeah. He, he, I read something, I can't remember who, who, what, whose point of view it was or whatever, but about just how terrible he was to Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy, and I just... I don't yeah. like what I but people still walking around like they don't know. Like, yeah. Don't yeah. Know. Okay. Um I'd believe it. Yeah. 
I remember the my dad something my dad always took issue with was on the thriller making of video. Mm, uh, Landis is talking about Michael Jackson and, and about the dancers and says, you know, all these you have all these trained dancers who spent their lives dancing, but then you have Michael Jackson. And he's just so much better than all of them. And you're just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, no, I guarantee any one of those dancers could probably do what he's doing. They're just not Michael Jackson. Like, and it just, again, like, just goes to just, ugh, he just seems like a, a truly despicable person who raised a truly despicable child. Um, yep. Who is, <laughs> whose last listed credit on IMDb is a remake of American Werewolf in Paris, in uh, London, rather. Because, mm-hmm. again, like, Look, if my father was Steven Spielberg and I wanted to be a director, it's a tough thing, right? Like many, many a very talented performer, actor, director has been the child of a famous person as well. Jane Fonda is the daughter of Henry Fonda. It doesn't make Jane Fonda any less of an actress. It does make you look and say, well, you know, she probably had opportunities that other actresses were not getting because of her name, because of her lineage and such. Sure. Mm -hmm. But does it take away from her being a great actress? Well, no. Um, You know, similar. Like, look, um, John, uh, David Cronenberg's son probably got funding for his film because he's David Cronenberg's son. Mm -hmm. Is he a good filmmaker? Yes, he's a great filmmaker. Cool. Okay, good. Yeah. but, you know, when you're despicable and your child is despicable, and I don't think that talented from everything I've heard. He's not at all. He's a terrible writer. Yeah. He's a terrible writer. I hate him with the fire of a thousand suns. The nepotism is real with this. He yeah. is a bad writer, and he does bad writer shit, and it's become accept. You know when, you, when someone's bad, mm-hmm. and then they just do it, and it's their style? Oh, yeah. my style is just to do this bad thing. Like, okay, no. Like, there are people that actually, like, put out, like, like learn how to screenwrite and, like, try <laughs> to, to write. But I, I remember one, one thing I heard about him. He was like, yeah, I wrote that in, like, two weeks. I'm sorry. That's like, I don't think that you, sh- you should write a, po- a full-length polished screenplay right. in two that weeks. That other people have to then create and direct and act in. Um, no, you revise. You take your time with it. Like, I mean, great. I'm glad that you are, like, this siphon for ideas or whatever. Like, this lightning rod of of genius. But, like, I don't know. Act like you've been here before. But you don't have to because you're John Landis' kid. So you can just come in and create these rules for yourself. Mm -hmm. He's he's deplorable. I cannot stand him. And I can't tell you one good thing that he's written. It's certainly not Dear Woman. It's not Dear Woman. So Dear Woman is garbage. And there's like two or three decent performances in it or like like potential good performances that everything else ruins. But like overall it's it's the thinnest idea and it's so stupid. Yeah. Um what I found with this cuz I went into it expecting like to be oh this is going to be like gross and unpleasant and yeah, misogynist and all that. that. It's a little bit of that, but worse than anything, it's just boring. It's very boring. So, Max Landis, I see you, and I see your bullshit X-Files fan fiction. It's stupid and lazy and not good. Yep. That's 100% what this is. Dude, dude, our detective dude is like, I always get the weird calls. Okay, Spooky Mulder, we get it. <laughs> and, then, and then the fucking M.E. or autopsyist or whatever, they call her forensic lady, I don't know, is named Dana. 
come, Max Lane, just come the fuck on. I see yes. you. Yeah. Um, all right, give a quick I synopsis. I don't. There's like a lady that doesn't talk who's Brazilian, who they try to pass off as a as a Pacific Northwest tribal woman of some kind who has deer legs and tramples people to death but it's not at all about her it's about the detective whose wife left him like every other fucking oh, episode of this I know. so oh god it's it's funny too because watching this the same way we kind of looked at like oh you know like how you had jennifer and then chocolate which are kind of telling in a way, they're both looking at a bland white dude being obsessed with a, with a hot woman he doesn't know. And you get that here, too. Like, that same idea with Jennifer of, oh, yeah, some dude doesn't matter, you know, several over the course of this episode, um, who just Im- immediately become enamored with this beautiful woman who shows her boobs, who doesn't speak, just like Jennifer. She doesn't fucking speak. Doesn't speak. <sighs> It's the dream woman, right? Completely. Super horny, might kill you because women are evil, doesn't yeah. talk. But as long as she shows you her tits, we're good. I don't I couldn't even conceptualize that. I couldn't sit down and be like, hmm, so my villain is a hot vengeful lady. But let's make it so she doesn't speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also super horny. How do you get there? Like what is what is this pool that everyone's pulling from to get there? And that's the thing about this one is that because I started like looking a little bit more into it, and the first thing I start doing is Googling Dear Woman, and I see like the Wikipedia page for this legend. I'm like, oh, this is like a real legend. Mm-hmm. Oh. So he didn't even come up with that shit. Like, no. He just probably went to whatever Wikipedia was in 2005 and was like, oh, this sounds cool. Oh, okay, yeah, we'll just put boobs in it. We got it. Like, and that's all this is. It's There is a, a apparently, like, oh, yeah, no, there is a legend of a deer woman who is, like, a goddess of fertility, but also seduces men or, like, gets them, starts seducing them and then tramples them, and that's it. And that's just what this episode is. That's it. Yeah, why wasn't it interesting? Oh, God, I, I don't know. I mean... Or why why didn't it have a point of view? Well, like, it... Oh. Yeah. What it, it literally isn't. Honestly, I would rather it be saying women are evil. That like, cho- like was it chocolate? No. What it? What was oh, more Gen- women are? Jennifer. Dance of the Dead. Dance of the Dead was pretty women are evil. And Dance of the Dead had a woman that was evil. And like lots of dead women writhing that yeah, we, yeah. that are disposable. And I don't know. But like, I wish maybe like why why are women evil? There was also like this thing that got planted but never paid off of like this woman doesn't really look like anything she looks like whatever at, the yeah, person... at a certain point i was like oh is it going to be like the way like men see what they want to see so you know this guy says she's five six but this guy said she's yeah. five two like oh is it because this guy's going to see her and she's going to be a black woman and this guy's going to see her and she's going to have giant tits but now she's going to have tiny tits like but no, that's just instead. No. It's just like, oh no, we just had different witness testimony who like all. So like, you know. what was what was the point of that? There was so much like f- flabby dialogue in this. Yep, very much. Like, like it was so the it was so the concept was so thin. But there was so much character building about characters that didn't matter. Yeah. I didn't understand why, and that's that's what he does though. Yeah, and I guess this one thing maybe that helps explain it it doesn't make it any better it makes it i think far worse is i feel like this is absolutely supposed to be a horror comedy for sure like more so like i mean homecoming is is the other like no homecoming is absolutely a a com like there's no bones about it like that is a comedy um this one i think is completely supposed to be one which makes it so much worse because 
it reminds you why horror comedy is the worst genre when it's bad. When it's bad, it's so bad. It's so bad when it's bad. Like, that's the thing is, if I watch a drama and I'm not invested, it's boring. If I watch a comedy and I'm not laughing, it has failed on every level. Yep. And this is not scary, nor is it funny. So it's just, and I just really, like, I was like, I wouldn't remember this in a year. Like, if I go back and get asked a detail, I'm, I, I don't know what I'm going to have to say about it. Um. Yeah, and it, and it, I think a, a part of that is because it, there is no real story and it just ends it ends in a weird way like so it ends with our cop like finding the dear woman almost getting her almost getting her almost getting her but then she gets away and he's just left there laughing and okay so so doesn't it feel like that the dear woman is going to show up a season and a half later in another x-files episode Does she? I haven't. I'm not the biggest X Files person. No, but like that's how it. That's how yeah. it feels. That's how it feels like this. This like I don't know. <sighs> Boy. Oh yeah, there is nothing like this. Doesn't do anything like you know. And and again, like I get it. Like some directors approach this as I'm just going to tell a scary one hour story. I'm going <laughs> to tell a story about woman empowerment. I'm going to tell a story about Paulette. I'm going to make my political statement with this. Like. Okay, sure. Like, I don't know what McGarris was trying to do, but I think he was trying to do something. Like, I don't know what this episode was. It was just at one point, and you have the character of the the other police guy who sort of becomes like invested in the case and ends up dying. And there's a great moment where, like, a great moment, like maybe one good moment of the episode where he has gotten lured by the. And I'm not even saying like she's not doing anything. She just shows up and looks at a guy, and he's like, like "Oh, so I can go, we can go back to the hotel." And she's like, "Uh huh," or not? She doesn't say, "Uh huh." She just nods, and he does that. And then he's on the phone with the cop. He's like, "Oh, I just met this woman. I gotta go." And the guy's like, "You know, have you looked at her feet?" He's like, "I'm an idiot." And I'm like, "Great. Oh, okay. Is that what this is about? Is it about again, like, kind of like what Jennifer maybe could have done? Of it's about how fucking." stupid and easy men are to control when they're in the thrall of a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something to say about that, but no, not really here. Like, there's just nothing. It's just stupid. It's stupid, and I, I'm i looking at my phone, and I can't find it easily, so I'm going to stop. I don't know if Max Landis went to school for, like, any of this, mm-hmm. or if, because, because your dad is John Landis, you just are a screenwriter. Right, right. But, like, this is this is the script you get when you let a twenty year old write a screenplay. Oh, completely, yeah. Like I, and that's no shade. I was a twenty year old who fancied themselves probably a better writer than I actually was at twenty. I get that, but that's also why you don't produce every twenty year old who shows up script. Yeah, because it might not be good. But like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's, oh, it was boring and nonsensical and meandering and didn't have a point of view and didn't have a thesis, wasn't funny. Um, There was one segment that I thought like was almost getting to a point of being funny, which is when the cop is trying to figure out like, okay, what happened? Like there was a trucker that... Yeah, I knew that's what you were going to say. Yeah, and it's like, it's... Because it's it's escalating. So it's at first he just... He's imagining it as this guy and this girl got in the truck and a deer was outside. And then it's like, oh no, like she had deer feet and she killed him. Oh no, there was a deer that opened the door and carried the woman away. And like, there was a point where I'm like, okay, I I see the humor now. Like I see what you're... Where you're going with this. Okay, that's... Maybe that's something... 
And then it just ends and never comes back. And that's that. Like, and I'm like, no, like you didn't make me laugh. Like you got to a point where if you had maybe pushed it a little more, I would have been like, okay, you did something. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It just, it feels like maybe, maybe Max Landis try hard, tried hard. I don't know. But like John Landis definitely did not. I got that. I got that feeling too. Um, I don't know. It's embarrassing kind of. Like it is, yeah. I don't like you... and like and that's why it makes like the couple performances that people you could tell people are really trying. Mm-hmm. It makes it, it feel like uh, cringy and like yeah, because like every it's you're trying so hard. And I'm sorry that you're in this. Yeah, like I don't think the lead actor is bad. Like I think he's no. he's fine. He's doing and like he kind of finds something like as far as that character goes. Um, but he's not giving anything he's not giving anything to work with like his scenes with the other cop are like get to a point where they're somewhat jovial and there's a little chemistry just because they're actually talking to each other and you know i don't know they're two likable actors i guess but it doesn't go anywhere um there's a scene that's just like so again like i'm i I sit down to watch this and i knew like i sat down thinking i'm this is probably going to be really painful um, and it's starting and it's not that painful, but it's like, okay, wherever we're going with it. And then there's a scene where he's sitting there and he has an old woman, an old man who her dog bit his monkey and she's there complaining about it. And it's just what it is. It's a scene of an old man sitting there holding a dead monkey and crying. And clearly the Landis's think this is funny. Yeah. And it's not. It's gross and sad. And I'm watching it thinking, like, why the fuck do I have to look at a dead monkey and a man who's sad about it? This is just unpleasant. I am sad for this monkey. You think this is... There is nothing funny about this scene. And it's not used for any other reason other than, oh, I have a great idea about the dear woman in this moment. Like, wh- like if it was just, oh, this woman with this... um. Like, how... Like, okay, I'm not a screenwriter. I'm going to make this scene better. She's sitting there... Um, there's a guy standing there saying like, oh my God, I can't believe she, she attacked my, you know, my baby. And you see like, he is clutching a giant St. Bernard and then the camera pans over to her holding the Pomeranian. Damn, funny, done. No, instead it's like not staged in any way. There's no movement. There's no arc. There's nothing. There's just a dude holding a dead monkey and being sad about it and me just feeling awful. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. It was strange yeah. choices. It was lazy. Like, there's an offhand reference to American Werewolf for no reason. It's, it is groan-worthy. Oh, yeah. Because it's very like, well, this is in 1981. And you're like, yeah, but this also isn't London. <laughs> like, you're in Seattle or wherever this is set. Like, yeah. this in no way does it make sense for this to be in the same universe other than... Alandis got lazy and thought, oh, wink, 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 wink. I think wink, wink is the entirety of Max Landis's abilities. Yeah. If he's, if he thinks he's, everything is in service of the wink, wink, which is such a lazy, stupid, self-important way to write. Yes. Yeah. It is the worst. Like, oh yeah, there's a deer attacking people, like a werewolf attacked people and a thing that my dad did that makes me important for some reason. I'm going to put that in there. Okay, it wasn't clever. No. I'm sure people thought it was fucking clever. Hey. Oh, how I bet they laughed at that. Yeah. It's not. It's no, not. It's clever. really not. He just said a thing. And, like, it could have been. Like, there's, like, I'm thinking this out still. I'm like, you know, there's a way to have made this work. Like, 
sure. I don't know, the idea of like, oh yeah, it's like actually a deer. Like, it could be kind of funny. Like, you could make this into something that would make me chuckle. You did For not. Sure. In any way, shape, or form. For sure. It, there, there's This didn't have to be bad. And I think that's one of those... Um, that's a frustrating thing, right? Yeah. Like when you see something and you're like, well, I could, if I give, I could workshop this right. and maybe make it into something not terrible. Yeah. Give me like, 45 minutes. You... I'll give you a better episode. Yeah. What were you doing? So I'm going to ask you an important question. Um, if you are, you are sent to a room, Christine, you've been bad and you've been told you're, we're going to lock you in this room for a year. And the only entertainment you're going to have running on loop on this TV behind you. I'm going to give you a choice because I'm nice. It can either be Toby Hooper's Dance of the Dead or it can be John Landis's Dear Woman. Uh, this one. Really? Dear Woman. Yeah. Um, Dance of the Dead is, um, I just, it's just so upsetting and mm-hmm. so gross. Okay. I don't know. I, I might go with that one because at least there's something interesting happening once or twice. Oh, you're right. Jonathan Tucker is in Dance yeah, of the Dead. Thank true. you for reminding me. Yeah, of me. course, we get no man candy in this. We once again get boobs. We get a hot chick who does, who does this poor woman. Um, only thing she's done in terms of acting, I don't, I'm guessing she's a model. She's very pretty. Um, yeah, she just gets to come here and open up her blouse every now and then. Yeah, doesn't get to speak. Nope. Um, Again, I will say a Brazilian woman, oh, which is yes. great, but you can't just put a brown woman into a role mm-hmm. and be like, and that's that. Like, okay. Well, they described her as having a dark complexion. I'm like, uh, uh, I guess maybe yeah. you could have tried a little bit harder. A little bit, fine. maybe, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we get the R word again. Um, oh, again, boy. Like an, a real aggressive R word, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and one other great sign of it being 2005 that like made me chuckle, not for any of the writing, but just because it reminded me of 2005, which is when um, she goes to the bar and the guy's, guy's there and he's going to buy her a drink. And he's like, I know what you want, a cosmopolitan. I, I literally said, oh, yes, because she's a woman and it's 2005. She's a woman in 2005. We were all us bitches watching Sex in the City, living our Carrie Bradshaw best. We knew it. <laughs> I, I did. I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> Oh God, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's something. It's it's just in a way like the most I think definitive of this series so far in some ways. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Do you have any more to say about Dear Woman? <sighs> no, There's I don't think so. There's a lot being said in that sigh. I didn't like it, mm-hmm. and. I, 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 it was exactly what I expected, I guess. I would say it was not as um, offensive as I expected, but it was worse quality than I expected. It was more boring than I thought it would be. It was definitely, I don't know. I knew I wouldn't like it, but yeah, it was, it was pretty boring. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, when next we meet, we'll be talking about an episode that most people remember fondly, including me, and that is John Carpenter's Cigarette Burns. So let's hope that one holds up. Fingers crossed for a light in the dark. Seriously, a cigarette lighter in the dark. Let's hope. All right. Well, thanks for playing along, folks. Bye. All right. Goodbye. You've taught me my lesson. Get mixed up with a G. Yes, from Ohio. 
it happens over and over. I picked the sharp intellectual kind. Why couldn't this time be different? Why couldn't she only be another kind? A different kind of girl. I love a quiet girl. I love a gentle girl, warm as sunlight, soft, soft as snow. Her smile, a tender smile. Her voice, a velvet voice, sweet as music, soft, soft as snow. When she is near me, the world's in repose. We need no words. She sees. She knows. Where is my quiet girl? Where is my gentle girl? Where is the special girl who's soft, soft as snow? Somewhere, somewhere, my Gentle girl, where is the special girl who is soft, soft as snow? Somewhere, so.